Welcome back to the Voice of Gen Suite, the EHS management podcast. In this episode, we'll be focusing on Gen Suite's air emissions management solution, addressing industry concerns and the most efficient way to manage them. This episode, I'm joined by Doug Martin and Amanda Paps of GenSuite and Jason Schmitz from GenSuite's strategic partner, Trinity Consultants. Could you please introduce yourselves and what your roles are? Sure, I'll start off. My name is Doug Martin. I'm a vice president within our business development strategy and innovation group. Um, I'm actually currently leading a strategic projects organization to help some of our more complex deployments and projects uh, get underway and executed smoothly. But I've been with GenSuite for about 17 years now and have been working on our environmental suite uh, from the beginning. So the concept of, of deploying air log for something as simple as a basic air permit uh, monitoring all the way through things like Title V permits for uh, US EPA compliance are things that I've helped some of our subscribers do in the past. My name's Amanda Paps. I'm a lead business analyst on our customer services team. And I've been working uh, with Doug on the environmental tool since I started about five years ago. So once again, helping, you know, deploy the app, uh, performing training, you know, helping folks break down their permits and get set up in the tool digitally. So. And this is Jason Schmitz with uh, Trinity Consultants. I am a principal consultant here at Trinity and am also the director of Trinity's Digital Solutions Business Line, uh, which is responsible for helping our clients deliver uh, innovative, cost-effective, and sustaining information solutions across uh, many EHS disciplines. Um, Trinity, uh, although it's a full-service EHS firm, is widely known in the industry as a leader in air quality consulting and compliance management, uh, especially here in North America. Uh, myself, I've sort of dedicated you know my 25-year career to delivering EHS information technology, but uh, as a young environmental engineer and, and really throughout my career, I cut my teeth and always had a passion for air quality. Uh, done everything from air emission inventory to major and minor source permitting, a little bit of air dispersion modeling, just all around air compliance management. And have, a, have a great background in, in setting up air compliance management programs for our clients. Um, and so I hope to sort of contribute you know, not only my experiences and perspectives and leading those, those two career passions uh, here to today, but I'll also hopefully provide you a little bit of perspectives from uh, some of the most knowledgeable and, and, and experienced air consultants uh, uh, that I get to work with here as, as my colleagues here at Trinity. Thanks. Great background there, Jason. I think that's exactly why we were pulling you guys in. Um, you specifically is you're going to help us uh, kind of tie together what's been going on from a regulatory perspective um, from air compliance, um, as well as to talk about kind of industry benchmarks. So what's been going on from Trinity's uh, client list, if you will? What are some of the challenges they're facing? What are you helping them adopt? And then where Mandy and I will come into play is talking about how those regulatory challenges and, and complex needs tie into something as simple as an air monitoring solution. So really great background and, and good, good way to kick things off here. Thanks everyone. So as you look at the current regulatory landscape, what are the biggest air program priorities and concerns for the industry as we enter 2020? I'll take a first shot. Um, I, think, I, I think it's always for air a little difficult to pinpoint specific priorities without thinking about it in terms of a, a specific industry vertical, or even more so a specific geography. Um, one thing that, that 
Trinity sort of touts as uh, being local everywhere. And, and, and one of the primary reasons is air quality compliance starts and ends and, and is, is very much defined by the geography in which you live or in which uh, the, the, a particular emission source exists. And, and the geographic uh, lens is, is really where regula regulations are, are really defined and thus the, the priorities for, for many of our clients really start and end on, on, on where, you know, what state or even uh, local regulatory agency they're connected to. Um, but with that understanding, I think if, if you look at, especially here in the U.S., um, going into 2020 and what we've seen over the last, you know, certainly three or four years is there definitely has been a slowdown in, in regulatory change. Uh, the last 20 years, uh, you know, from about 1990 uh, to at least 2010, 2015, uh, there was just a, an enormous rapid growth of, of regulatory, of regulations coming out of the federal level and then trickling down to the local, state and local levels. And so what we've kind of seen over the last few years and we, and we see continuing into, into 2020 is a, is a slowdown in that regulatory change. And, and what, that's, what we've seen that as it's allowed our clients to really shift from being just reactive, trying to react to new, new, regula new regulations and, and figuring out how to comply with those regulations uh, to a bit more strategic about uh, understanding, being more thoughtful about what uh, the, the requirements and obligations are, understanding where they are as a business, and, and really making enhancements to their existing processes and systems to better uh, be able to be more efficient, more effective in the way they comply and do day-to-day -day business, and, and then ultimately plan for, for the future. So, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest priorities as, as if, if, you know, looking across all industries, given where we are on the regulatory landscape, is really shifting more to a strategic and, 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 and proactive management as opposed to the reactive place that maybe we've been in your past. And, and Jason, just a, a follow-up question to that. I think that's all great background. What are you seeing from the impact on that to digital solutions? Yeah. I, it, it's obviously been a, a, a real, uh, we've seen a real increase in the, in the amount of interest in our business line, um, mostly because it, it's a great time for people to start looking at, uh, at solutions. So as they, as they do those, that strategic thinking and they look at their facility or their, their company, their organization as a whole, and they start thinking about uh, the future expansions, consolidations, uh, growth plans, you know, they're, they're coming to us to look at that from not only from a, a regulatory permitting side, but then they're looking to, to us to say, okay, well, what kind of systems, uh, what kind of processes can we put in place uh, that, that may make us more efficient, that may make, give us data that's going to make us more competitive uh, or is going to allow or facilitate that kind of growth? Um, and, 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 you know, so it allowed our business to work hand in hand with a lot of our permitting experts, especially. So especially when you think about growth into the future, um, our, our, you know, in, in order to grow, especially in, the, in this country or in North America, uh, you, you know, you 
really aren't going to do anything without getting an air permit first. And, and so the air permitting is a very strategic part of growth. And, and in order to, honestly, in order to do that uh, effectively, you need good information and good data. And so my business line is all about helping structure that data, put systems and processes in place uh, to, to give organizations better data. Better data leads to better decision-making and, and obviously then fuels, hopefully fuels uh, business growth for our clients. Excellent. Again, thanks for that, some of that background. And I think the, the ties here from a GenSuite and Airlog perspective um, don't just stop at what we'll talk about with Airlog, but they also carry into some of our other applications as well. So the, the background here on Airlog is that we started this, I think it was over 20 years ago, um, our CEO, Armakund, started working with a few of the um, larger U.S.-based Title V um, permit holders across the U.S. And he was trying to design a solution that would allow them to track and meet all of their ongoing regulatory obligations in a digital manner rather than trying to track those in Excel, which for any air permit is challenging, let alone something like a complex Title V permit. So we started off with one of the more complex air monitoring uh, permits globally, but over the past 20 years, we've also started to work to simplify the, the mechanism for entry. So we've got deployments from the complex Title V concepts all the way down to um, some of our customers just monitoring their backup generators because of the um, regulatory requirements in some states to be able to track how many minutes your backups were running um, and to report that out on an annual basis. Um, we've got some very basic deployments in, in our air solution as well. But what we've also seen over the past several years is um, more of how do you connect that air permitting requirement back to a deconstructed permit, as well as tying it into some of your other ongoing obligations for reporting. So in GenSuite, and I think Mandy, you'll talk, you can talk a little bit more about this, is how does all of this create this ecosystem in GenSuite where you can start with your permit, you can deconstruct that to say, here are my air monitoring requirements, showcase those in, in our airlog solution, but then also tie those into your monthly reporting submittals in something like our compliance calendar. Correct. Yeah, so we have our permit manager application, which integrates with airlog, so you can see the number of source and parameter pairings that you have. You have the permit breakdown and permit manager, which ties to compliance calendar, where you can have any of your ongoing tasks um, like you said, mainly monthly reporting, things like that, um, submitting reports, permit renewals, all that stuff that you're tracking. And then that also pulls directly into Airlog so you can see any upcoming tasks associated in calendar. And then it also ties in with our site profiler. If you have a, a profiler set up, you can see any of your site attributes that might be associated with Air. Um, and it just it's kind of just give you a high level profile for your site. And then, of course, all the actual like regular tracking that you're doing, monitoring requirements and all that is tracked within Airlog itself. Hopefully, later this year, as we were discussing recently, um, we're going to be getting um, an integration set up with our incident um, program to be able to push um, you know, exceedances into there as an event so you can actually track um, the exceedances within our incident program. Yeah, and Jason, one of the things, as Mandy, you were going through that, Jason, one of the things I was thinking about or hearing is, 
you're talking about like capital expenditure, getting some businesses to continue growth in certain areas, is one of the areas that you're seeing a lot of movement around deploying more site-specific air monitoring software. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, I, I think the ability to use technology, to be honest with you, to go beyond what the capability is today. You know, I mean, you're absolutely right. Excel continues to be a, a, a very, a very popular tool for for air quality engineers and and corporate air, you know, uh, air quality um, uh, responsible officials and and. and that's where their their source of data is, and it, and it and it honestly is limiting, uh, limiting in all kinds of different ways. Not only when it comes to permitting and, and trying to you know use that data for for growth, it, it, are you sort of limited by the, the 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 fact that the the data is not structured in in, in a great way, and uh, and it takes a lot of time. Um, but you're also just limited because you can't get the quite the grant, you know, the types of granularity, um, and and you know, being able to see, you know, your emission calculations or some of your predictive uh, or uh, you know, parametric emission monitoring data, uh, you know, over time are overlaid with other operational data uh, that they that, that that can be used for for strategic purposes. Those are the types of things that just can't, they, they certainly can be done, but they take a lot more time and and uh, and, and sometimes the data is, you know, without good business processes, it's uh, the, the, it's it's not possible to overlay those kinds of data or do, do that kind of data analysis. So, you know, putting in place, uh, you know, systems that will, um, you know, better structure your, your numeric data, no matter what it is, if it's an emission calculation or a uh, uh, or some type of operating or compliance data, uh, being able to structure that and have good business processes around ensuring that that uh, that that data is good, um, you know, has has not you know obviously has good uh, impacts to a good compliance management best practice from a compliance management to be able to demonstrate compliance. Uh, we like to look at it as trying to, to think beyond and, and seeing how that can then be used strategically, you know, again, whether it be for permitting and growth or, or you know, just, you know, general uh, you know, improvements uh, and emission reduction uh, activities that may be being done you know, within the organization. And I think one of the things I was hearing as you were talking about that as well, Jason, is it's, it's also trying to find a way to further operationalize your um, staff, it, it, you're trying to find a way with a digital solution to enable additional staff members to potentially do data entry. So it's not just your environmental engineer who owns all aspects of your environmental um, air permit. Yep, that, that's absolutely right. Yep, I agree. And digital solutions like Airlog and Permit Manager, some of these other ones that we've mentioned, are, are great ways to do that because your environmental engineer can do the, the permit deconstruction in a digital solution. They can also build in those more complex uh, air calculations. That way, some of your operational staff can go in and input the use values. How long was a generator running? How much paint was used? Um, how long was the boiler in operation? And the system, digital system, can automate um, some of the email notifications based on calculations, et cetera. We can identify that you're approaching certain thresholds. Even though those haven't changed in the past couple of years, 
um, you're able to identify that you're approaching those thresholds or potentially have caused some type of exceedance, uh, Mandy, like you were talking about before. Yeah, and I want to key in on something you said earlier about the, the you know, what I, I sort of see as the, uh, the traditional uh, air industries, you know, those that uh, typically would have a, a, you know, US EPA Title V permit, uh, and, and they continue, you know, they, to, to obviously be very active and, and you know, tend to be where we probably play the most um, is helping those traditional industries. And I think in terms of, you know, automation and ultimately trying to, um, you know, take what really is fairly complex engineering calculations with, with you know, numerous use cases around them and trying to digitize them, you know, ultimately that automation, you know, there's efficiencies, there's you know, risk reduction, there's all kinds of things that are, that are benefits. And, and that's the target for the traditional industries. But you're absolutely right. We, we sort of see the same thing in that, what, what I would call non-traditional, um, you know, maybe folks that don't have Title V permits, but they have minor source, you know, state permits. Um, and, and, uh, but are still, you know, have numerous requirements and, uh, to, and, and numerous, you know, air, air quality limits to, to be concerned with. And one of the, one of the industries that, you know, is, is front and center for us that we see is just the explosion of data centers, right? And, and, and all those data centers that are being put up, uh, uh, across the world, you know, how many of those have on-site or backup energy power, right? All of those then are you know potential air emission sources all require a permit and once you get a permit um you know there are a set of, of requirements of federal and, and state uh and local requirements uh not to mention you know even permit specific requirements uh that are put on those sources um the good news is is that you know especially for something like a data center that, that it's very it's ripe for standardization um you know the high high volume um can be you know at, in a, in a gen suite airlog can can be replicated pretty easily um and and so you you know it's a volume game not necessarily a complexity game uh, but there's a lot of benefit there um and then you solve a lot of uh, compliance issues across our portfolio of uh, of sites uh, we're seeing similar with universities and public institutions right so the same for the same types of uh issues a, a lot of backup uh, powers uh sources being put in so um, just kind of a non a lot of not new non-traditional air sources that are you know can can really benefit from a, from an air log. Certainly nowhere near the complexity of a refinery or a, or a power plant, right. um, but still a lot of benefits to be had there. Yeah, before I transition into my current role in business development. Um, a lot of the projects that we were seeing, this was probably 2016, 2017, a lot of the projects were these more non-traditional deployments of our air monitoring solution. So I think you definitely hit on some key themes that I, I was seeing before I transitioned into my current role. But uh, I think the other piece that, and, and Mandy, I'll, I'll ask you to comment again here in just a second, but some of the other benefits that you see, not only from kind of standardizing data entry, but your your data input is typically going to be the same whether you're inputting into excel or into a digital solution the amount of time that you're 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 spending is going to be about the same but where you really start to benefit from digital solutions comes to your um, visibility 
So driving visibility through emails and transparency that way to your senior leadership who might not sit at your individual location, but might sit half a world away, they can be notified in real time as to what's going on, as well as others around reporting. So Mandy, can you touch a little bit on that? And then Jason, I'll have you uh, kind of wrap things up a little bit from a reporting and, and visibility perspective as well. Uh, yeah, no. Um, so from, from from an air log standpoint, we've got several, obviously, um, opportunities there. Um, like you mentioned, there's the notification piece, but there's additional notifications outside of your standard exceedance and threshold warnings you can set up as a conditional response. So somebody enters something a specific way, it can send immediate pop-up or an immediate email to somebody to notify them that, you know, the data's been entered a specific way. Um, but then there's also the ongoing reporting aspect, like you said, the calculations in place that are automated so that they don't have to worry about inputting that. Um, and then they just go and they run the report and it pulls the calculated values for them, um, as well as, you know, SPC charting and things like that. So you can see trending and, and try to identify if you're starting to, you know, it's close to that, your exceedances or your limits, you know, and why are you getting, you know, maybe tons of warnings all of a sudden and you try to pinpoint where that's coming from. So that that reporting definitely allows you to do that. And then there's a, a data visualization aspect that we've been yeah. working on at GenSuite as well with integration of Tableau. And I, my, my comment on this one, when I heard of hotspots originally years and years ago, I was like, oh, great. So we're talking about air emissions, hotspots, big clouds. That's what I was thinking. But even though that was my, my interpretation of data visualization and the impact that Tableau might have, I think the, the next couple of years is really where it, we're going to see true data visualization around environmental data collection and improvements, um, let alone things like Google Maps where you can see how clearly some of the pictures are imagery are worldwide. A lot of that comes down to reduced air pollution. So data visualization, I think, will be a key here in the, in the coming future as well. Jason, what are your thoughts from a, a reporting perspective and uh, my, my bad, bad analogy there or take on data visualization initially? Yeah, it, it's interesting because I, I, I have spent so much of my career focused and, and frankly, who I think is the ultimate customer here is, is the, the air quality engineer at, at the facility, uh, especially at the, at, the, at the facility level, but you know, sometimes at the corporate uh, organizational level. And I think I think the whole idea of data visualization and giving giving the views of of the information, whether it's you know detailed numeric information and calculations and limits, or it's uh, you know a list of compliance obligations and tasks or a calendar, uh, whatever it is, we're all striving to get our air quality engineers to stop having to spend most of their time finding, aggregating, organizing their information to make conclusions and, 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 and do reports uh, and, and, and have more of that be, be done through automation. And uh, we certainly have the capability and the technology. The challenge has always been the complexity, the amount of different types of data that you're working with. And so, you know, the evolution here that we've, as the technology has matured and as we have all matured as, as you, know, you know, air quality professionals that are, you know, really keying on our information management is we're really, we're getting much closer now as, as it converges to really getting to that space of where air quality engineer at a facility can, can do, can really come in in the morning and actually have a set of 
real dashboards that help it, you know, him or her uh, manage compliance and, and really be much more about, you know, ensuring that the, the facility is in compliance and moving forward uh, and, and less about reactive and, and you know, having to, to deal with, uh, with compliance issues. So um, that's, the, that's the ultimate dream for, for where we want to, you know, take our clients. And, and, I, and the great news is that we're finally starting to see that. I think the convergence of, of technology and, and maturity, and, and again, a little less, you know, craziness on the regulatory side is allowing that to happen. Yeah, it's pretty exciting when you can start to look at proactive metrics or a change to better a company instead of being forced to pay for a change based on regulatory requirements being issued. So it allows the company to feel better about what they're putting their money towards as well. I think. What do you see as the biggest value or benefit that the Trinity GenSuite partnership provides to GenSuite subscribers? Jason, I know you've worked a lot more with our business development side of things, so I'll let you do the detailed answer. I think the, some of the challenges that we've heard from, from sites in the past are that they just don't know where to begin. They've, they've had air permits, they've done what they were told to do, if you will. But I think the, the benefit of having the partnership with Trinity allows us to bring senior engineers, senior level consultants into the mix so that it's not just a consultant telling you what to do or GenSuite training you how to do input into a digital solution. You really get the benefit of both, of being getting the experience of the folks at Trinity Consultants who have a wide array of knowledge and understanding of the regulations in your area, but you also get folks who are familiar with the GenSuite solution. So it allows you to do the end-to-end air compliance management if that's what you need, or it can be working together to um, get your permit renewed. It can be working together to document some of the general regulatory requirements that are necessary for reporting, et cetera. It really allows us to build a customized um, fit-for-you type of solution rather than us trying to piece things together um, ourselves. And I'm just to add on to that, I think from all the launches I've seen over the years of this app, the more successful implementations are when you really take that time and, and to break down that permit correctly and get it into the system and using someone like a consultant to help you with that definitely, I think, makes it a lot easier for the business. And it, I think it helps it to be more successful overall. Jason, if you want to comment on that as well. Yeah, all good stuff. Uh, totally agree with everything you said. I, a couple of ads. One ad is, you know, we are um, a Trinity very conservative and, and cautious with our clients when it comes to uh, the approaches that we take with implementing standardized, you know, emissions management and air compliance management systems. Um, and primarily because we have we have seen other, you know, other uh, other applications you know be deployed and and, and not sustained um, you know over the 25 years that we've, we've watched this industry grow up and 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 so one of the biggest benefits for for us is the, the lessons learned uh, that we've seen over the years and and so um, what and one of the greatest things we've learned is you know that, that air air inherently has a, a lot of complexities at a lot of different levels. And so one of the things that we really try to help um, our clients do is prioritize and turn 
you know, turn that into really a journey-like implementation uh, and, and rollout of, of new systems and, and processes. Um, it's it, it, for many of, especially for the traditional uh, industries, uh, they, 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 there is a there is a step of good stepwise fashion to, to, to implementing these systems. Um, and and the, the second thing I'll say, and, and, and this gets to back to what I was talking about of, of our dream of what we want our future air quality engineer to, to have at his fingertips is, uh, is I, we really are a big fan of automation. And, and so uh, one of the things that we have been trying to do with our clients lately is really analyze where our folks are, where our clients are spending uh, our clients or our clients' consultants, sometimes it's even ourselves, uh, where are we spending an inordinate, inordinate amount of time um, that could be better used? And, and, and there be, due to, you know, the, uh, the, the amount of data that, uh, you know, really, you know, to, to make air emissions management and compliance management go, um, there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of, of data, data processing and organization that needs to be done that is absolutely right uh, for automation and, and standardization. And, and so, so investing there and investing in processes that are going to ensure that that, that that stuff is sustained over time, uh, is it, there's a lot of bang for your buck there. So, that, you know, one of the things that we've really been trying to do is, is, is work with our clients to really key in on those areas of, of automation and, and, and in some cases integration and, and, and obtaining data um, you know, from, from an operational system or, a, you know, a, a process, a story and, and, and getting that into a, a gen suite air log so that it can be, you know, properly processed so that there's a lot less manual, um, uh, manual manipulation of, of that information needing to be done. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that, that piece up there at the end, Jason, it is originally when I started with the company, the data historians are what we were tapping into very routinely. Um, but those were for some of the more traditional air management type of companies. And um, have, you, have you seen the same type of, of deployment for the non-traditional areas that we were talking about earlier, things like data centers? Yeah, and, the, and, the, and the, the great thing for us is that we are trying to get a, a ahead of that at, at the very beginning. So, right, so it, it, as we are permitting new sources uh, and working with our clients, we're trying to get that up the upstream data processes, whether it be a historian, uh, a SCADA system, a PEMS, a SEMS, you know, any of these upstream data systems that need to be designed, frankly, when uh, when the, the process or the, or the new emission source is being permitted and or installed, we're trying to get ahead of that, right? And that, what that is translating into is better upstream business processes and, yeah. and systems, right? You, you can't automate, <laughs> you can't automate, you know, upstream data systems if the data or the process by which that data is managed is bad or, or is flawed. And so you got to get ahead of that. And, and so, the, obviously, the trend we've seen over time is the, the, the operational production-related um, data systems and business processes have matured too, right? They've gotten better. Um, mm -hmm. They've gotten more predictable. They've gotten, you know, less flawed, um, which then makes automation much easier because you, the, the complexity of the, you know, 250 different types of use cases start to become more manageable. 
instead of 250 use cases, we have you know 20 use cases that we have to manage for bringing data in, and 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 so. Um, that that is a definite trend, and, and it's just maturation, right? And in, in, in the upstream that allows you know the, the the air quality engineers to get, you know, be the beneficiary of, of better, more predictable data. Jason, I really do appreciate you uh, joining us on this version of the the podcast. Um, any final thoughts from the folks at Trinity Consultants? No, uh, you're being here. Uh, love the, the theme and uh, what you all are thinking about and uh, looking forward to continuing uh, to work on our partnership, especially in, in, in this space. Absolutely. Much appreciated. Thank you, Doug, Amanda, and Jason for joining me. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of The Voice of Gen Suite. Make sure to join us in March for our next episode.